Hello, 321GO podcasters, and welcome to this week's episode of the show. We are continuing on with part three of a series called Tipping Points. Uh, Simply put, uh, this series, Tipping Points, is all about gym owners who have seen a change in their business for the positive. So we're joined by just three awesome people, um, Corey Adams, Medi Paulus, and PJ Manah. And these guys really give us a lot. We talk about just about everything um, from the process of becoming an entrepreneur. A lot of people were really into fitness and exercise and CrossFit and sort of had to learn to enjoy entrepreneurship or find as much passion in building a business as they had for fitness. We talk about raising rates. You know, both Medi and PJ went through a process of raising their rates. They share with us a little bit about that and how they went about that, how it was perceived by their community. And we just also very simply talk about small actions that each one of these guys have taken in their businesses to see them change for the better. So now whether it's related to culture in your gym, maybe dealing with some or removing some problem clients, or just kind of coming to grips with what it actually takes to build and grow a successful business. So uh, I'm honored to talk to just real life gym owners actually out there doing it and building their businesses for the better for the long term. So I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I enjoy doing them. Pretty much every time we've done one of these episodes, there has been two, three, or four things that I believe any business owner and especially any gym owner could turn around and use throughout the week. So I hope that's the case for you as you listen to these episodes. And if you need to, go back, have a second listen, because there's a lot of great nuggets and ideas in here that honestly, you, the listener, you can just have this stuff, guys. It's it's all yours. So take it. If you have any questions, reach out to us, uh, 321goproject.com. I'm Matt at 321goproject.com. And enjoy the show, and we'll see you guys next week. All right. So we are continuing in this discussion talking about changes and tipping points in our business. Uh, PJ was just talking to us about a time when it's a really common story we see in gyms. You get these early adopters and it's weird. You know, like somebody opens a gym, their friends join the gym and that core group of people tells all of their friends. And then at a certain point, like everybody's friends have kind of been told about this place and have joined. And then, then you actually are like in this point where you think, crap, I actually need to start talking to the community at large. I need to start speaking to, to more people. I need to start, you know, this sort of inner circle of people is either sort of, you know, integrated into the community, they've joined, they've left, maybe they're still there, but they've sort of exhausted those first sphere of people. And now it's like, oh gosh, this is real, this is real time business now. Like I actually need to learn marketing. I need to learn follow up. I need to, you know, hone in on, on my sales procedure. This is, uh, you know, a very, you know, this, I need to treat this like any other business. And so, so PJ, um, what did you, when you realized that this was an issue, you know, or not necessarily that it was an issue, that's the wrong word, but when you realize that this is a problem that needs to be solved, how did you begin to approach that more systematic reaching out, marketing, getting your name out there? Yeah, I think a couple things. And one is, at the level of programming, you know, your, your base gym programming shouldn't be programmed towards a games athlete or towards the, the goal of producing a games athlete. I, I think it's important to have opportunities for competitors to get additional volume, but, you know, your general population, my, my general pop is, you know, mostly in their 30s and 40s, and they just want to get a good workout in. They want to stay in shape, but they want to go home and hang out with their kids and, and have fun skiing and, and that type of stuff. And so we've got to keep them safe. And so kind of programming more towards the general lifestyle level is huge. Um, looking at things like on your website, your images, is your image some guy with really ripped abs, you know, lifting a ton of weight overhead that your, your average person can't relate to? Or is it something that is more kind of accessible, more like, okay, maybe that could be me. 
Um, and then we have a way for, for our new people coming in. And this is pretty big. And I think we're probably one of the few gyms around that have something like this is we have our CrossFit class and then we have our on-ramp and the on-ramp is, you know, you're, you, you teach all the movements up front, but I identified pretty early on that there's a huge disconnect between spending three hours with a coach working on a PVC pipe and feeling comfortable doing a snatch in a group of 30 people or 20 people or even 10 people. And so we kind of have an in-between phase too, where um, after doing on-ramp or even while they're working on on-ramp, we have a class uh, right now it's called Fit Fundamentals Bootcamp and it's kind of a, a CrossFit bootcamp hybrid class. Um, but what we do is we keep the movements really basic, really primal. We're more likely to do a, a dumbbell squat than a front squat because a lot of people might not have that flexibility early on. Um, you're not going to see us doing a lot of snatches in that class, but uh, we teach it at everything at the beginner's level. So whereas in my CrossFit class, we're going to do a three to five minute review of a movement in our Fit Fundamentals Bootcamp. If we are doing a kettlebell swing that day, we're going to teach a full progression like it's your first time doing a kettlebell every single time. Um, so in that class, people can actually go into that class as their first day and check out a class and have a good experience and be with other kind of newer people. But after doing on-ramp, it's also a great way for them to kind of transition and kind of get some extra experience, get some confidence with the movements before moving into CrossFit. And it allows us to um, spend more time with the people who need it. And then in our CrossFit classes, it also allows us to, you know, teach at the intermediate level so we're not taking all of the attention and giving it to the new person at the expense of our veteran members that is a really excellent idea i see medi like feverishly nodding her head she's like great idea great idea i'm stealing that <laughs> that's awesome um so the topic has come up and, and i think that it would be fun for us to address it and um, medi i'm going to start with you this is an interesting business where Friendships and business relationships, coaching and athletes and social, it's one thing that gives us generally really good retention is because we have really tight relationships with our athletes. So, Mehdi, I'm curious to hear from you. How do you manage the the sort of blurred roles that exist in the CrossFit affiliate or, or the micro gym. Let's just put it there. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I have learned that there's, there is that really delicate, like fine line of being the coach and then being a friend. And, um, I actually, that was one of the lessons that I learned last year was, that line for me initially was very much blurred where I was both at the same time. So there was almost, um, there was like this lack of respect once I was the coach um, when it came to coaching my classes um, as with some of the athletes as in being their friends. So it was like, Oh, they can get away with a couple of things, you know, little things here and there. And it wasn't until when I realized that, that I, I pretty much had to say no to a lot of things and implementing changes, um, also implementing systems, um, kind of like what Corey had said, you know, you, you take that risk when you accept responsibility for things. And when you start, you know, saying, no, we're not going to do it that way. We've got to go this route, you know, and, and, and all of it, for me, it was the decision of what was going to be the, the best decision for the betterment of the gym and its community. And, and so I had to back off with um, kind of getting too involved with my athletes. Um, and I think for some of them, they took that personally and it, it wasn't supposed to be personally. I didn't intend it to be personally. And they, then they kind of felt like I was picking on them or because they weren't getting their way, so to speak. And, and that wasn't the case at all. I was making decisions for the betterment of the community, not just a small group of people. It was for the, my entire community. And, I, and um, CrossFit Akiso itself, we're a small gym. I mean, I'm, I'm a gym of 49 members. And so we are pretty close currently right now. We're all, you know, we, we joke a lot about being like a family, and, which I think is really, really cool because we don't have those clicks that I know can exist in other gyms 
where you know you have you know group A, B, and C. It's everybody is truly the sense of the community. Everybody supports everybody um, and cheers everybody on, regardless of the level. And and my athletes, um, I have every level of athlete from my beginners to my elite competitors, and they all cheer each other on and help each other out. And it's really cool to see. Um, like maybe one of my veteran athletes helping out a new person um, and kind of, you know, talking them through a movement or cheering them on. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely had to, had to back off. And basically how I did it is I just made a decision that I wasn't going to get too involved. And I had to remind myself that, you know, I would hear something or someone would come up to me and say, Oh, so-and-so is do you know, there was like little dramatic things. And I would be like, and the initial part of me would be like, oh, I want to make it better. And I'm like, no, you guys have to work that out. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that I don't necessarily need to get involved in. You guys can work it out. You know, we're all adults here, so to speak. And so, yeah, once that started happening for me, the shift in the air definitely changed. And now there is definitely that um, that division in a good sense of, you know, I'm your friend outside of coaching. And then when we're in the gym, I'm the coach. And, you know, this is this is how it's going to go down. So, and like I said, I get teased a lot for being the gym mom because when I do raise my voice and get get the attention of my athletes, they're like, oh, mom's talking. <laughs> so I'll take that. <laughs> I like that, Medi. I really appreciate you discussing that, that shift in culture. Now, Corey, I want to talk to you. Um, you, you had mentioned there was a time in your business where you felt that there were some people that were potentially cancerous. And when you sort of laid out expectations of people inside your business, you said that you actually lost a few people. So uh, I want you to speak to that a little bit. How, how have you changed the way that you approach sort of pleasing everybody? And was the loss of these individuals completely detrimental to your business? Well, uh, I mean, you know, it was, it was really hard at first just because, uh, like I said, that had kind of formed a click and, and it it was, it was almost like overnight. Um, I mean, these people were also like probably some of my best clients at one time. Um, and you know, this event or that event caused them to be upset and I don't know really what happened or where the disconnect was, but um, you know, it was, it was some people that I cared about, um, which probably made it harder. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I think at the time it felt detrimental, um, because I was, you know, there's just that fear of, wow, I'm losing, you know, five, six members. And then, you know, they got their side. And obviously as a business owner, sometimes, you know, like if it's on a social media side or something like that, like you're afraid of what the backlash is going to be like, and, and you're never going to ever be able to really defend yourself without looking, you know, bad, I guess. And so, um, I, th- I think that e- even though it was super hard to, to go through, um, it was, it was a growing point for me, um, as, as learning, you know, Hey, next time, you know, this is how I should handle it. Or maybe before they get to that level, uh, here's what I should have done. Um, because yeah, I mean, I probably could have done some things differently, um, to, to maybe avoid the situation. So I feel like, you know, even though, you know, sometimes you got to go through hard things to, to come out on top. Um, this is just one of those events where I really had to, to just take one on the chops and, and you know, that, you know, Hey, my, my stress level, I mean, I was like late waking up and just being furious and, and they're, they're, uh, you know, coming in at five 30 in the morning. So it's like my first class. And so like, that's how I'm starting my day off is walking into them, uh, you know, using the gym instead of going to class in the middle of my classes. And it's just, you know, it's just, a, it's just a mess, man. But it was, it was something that I, that I'm, I'm I guess I don't want to say I'm, I'm glad I went through it, but I needed to go through it to grow as a, as a business owner and as a trainer. 100%. I appreciate you sharing that story, Corey. Now guys, we are coming up against the top of the hour. I think we're getting into some good stuff that I would like to kind of keep uh, recording and getting some some more material. How is everybody on time? Good. Uh, I'm good. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm good too. Okay, let's I'm roll good. for a little while longer because I really like where this is going. Uh, I'm interested to hear from PJ. Uh, as we learned earlier, 
BJ, uh, I think your mother mentioned that you were born with this <laughs> <laughs> overly developed sense of right and wrong. So, so Mr. Black and White, um, so you well, mentioned that you're, that, <laughs> that you're like this, you know, this Mr. Right and Wrong, but you're also the, you know, you stand between and help people out with arguments and, and you, you want to help settle things. <laughs> and in this weird business that we're in where our, you know, the relationship between friend and client is, is oftentimes blurred. You know, how does, how does PJ deal with these issues? Sure. Yeah, and I, I definitely don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm perfect because I, I make mistakes and I, I do things I regret and, and that sort of thing too. But um, just if I, if I see something that's wrong, I feel like I need to intervene. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <clears throat> gosh, how do I deal with things like that? Um, you know, it's, it's hard. So, I, you know, as the community grows, and, um, you know, it, it is harder to keep, uh, keep a personal relationship with 180 people than it is with, with 20 people. And so I, I realized pretty early on that I can't be best friends with, with every single person. Um, and one thing that we do do, you know, even from day one, I was lucky I had a really good mentor before I opened my gym, a guy, uh, Jordan Bowen. He owns a militia fitness down in, in Florida where my, my last military base was, but he had really good standard operating procedures in place. And I took a look at those two. And one thing I stole from it was in my kind of class requirements for my coaches, it talks about don't talk to just one person. Um, yeah, I don't care what you do outside of the gym. If you're friends with them and you want to go, you know, grab a beer, but during class, you're everybody's best friend. So I don't want to see you talking to that same person every single day. Everybody likes Jack. Jack's easy to talk to. It's easy for you to talk to him. The person you need to talk to is the person that's over in the corner by themselves, hanging out, you know, not knowing anyone. You need to go meet them and help them meet someone, help them make a friend or, or be their friend for the day and help make them feel at home. Because, you know, Jack that everybody loves, he'll, he'll be fine on his own. He can, he can find someone else to talk to. So try to get coaches to do that. Um, and then as far as the, the other question you asked is I definitely do feel like, a, like I want everybody to get along as well, though. And so when I do hear about, you know, people who are arguing or there's a drama thing going on or, you know, so-and-so didn't come to our, our gym party, you know, I, I do t- I take things like that a little too personally at first. And I have to remind myself to take a step back and, and not be offended if, if someone doesn't show up to our, you know, our, our barbecue or that sort of thing. So, yeah. I, I love that, PJ. <laughs> I just, I, I'm having a, a lot of thoughts here. I just think of very interesting examples. Uh, the first thought is that I love putting it into a standard operating procedure. It seems so dumb, not dumb, but it just seems so needs, like it doesn't need to be said, but putting into a coach's evaluation or a coach's uh, expectations, hey, talk to this person, like talk to people. And then guess what? Then when you go to evaluate your coaches, you can be like, all right, did you talk to these people? And yes or no. And and I personally, I get even, I get as specific as uh, everybody has to hear their first name three times in a class. And, and that's like that. I'm evaluating you on that. Will you say their first name to them three times in a class? And you get docked if it's only two kind of thing. So A, I really love that because I like the idea of not leaving things up to chance. And, you know, if I could maybe share, you know, we kind of, I've asked you guys, what is something that you saw as a turning point? And I had an experience where for like six months, I would, I would like sit, you know, arms crossed in the corner, watching classes go on. And I'd be pissed. I'd be like, something's not right. This isn't how I would do it. You know, this is, this class isn't being coached how I wanted it to. And it's just not right. And I would get, I would find myself getting weirdly upset and resentful and like, do these coaches even care? And then I sort of came to this realization was like, shit, I never told them exactly what I wanted them to do. I just expected, you know, everybody to read my mind. And so I love this idea that, you know, PJ, where, you know, you're saying, you know, hey, this is the standard operating procedures. Talk to the people in the corner. Introduce them to a friend. It's, it becomes a checklist. And, and in a weird way, you know, I've already mentioned the book Extreme Ownership. You know, they talk about from, from within rules, from within a box, there is freedom. And when you're given these parameters, you have freedom from within there to really express yourself. So uh, I really, I think that's just a really cool 
approach to that, PJ. Uh, so I want to change our subject again, and I'm going to turn to you, Mehdi. You had talked about finding a purpose in your business and how at the point to where you found that purpose and you had your eyes set towards that purpose, that the drama and the BS and the people-pleasing sort of fell by the wayside. You even said that you came to work each day with this new excitement. So uh, tell us about that purpose. What is your sort of higher purpose in your business? Oh, man. Yeah. So um, it's probably going to sound really cheesy, but um, (laughs) for me, the higher purpose is it's really the little things. It is the little things that my um, my athletes and my clients accomplish. Um, it's seeing them either, you know, hit a PR that is completely unexpected um, or moving and doing a workout without pain, you know, and, and we're not talking like, I'm not talking about like the physical pain that you feel like of being sore. Like I have, I have a, a handful of athletes that, you know, have, have serious injuries and, and ser- and have had several um, surgeries and for them to keep their bodies moving is so extremely important. And for them to, to tell me, you know, Hey, I did this workout and I did it with this amount of weight and I can touch my toes, you know, still is, is huge. Um, I think when I, you know, of when I first opened, I had these big aspirations um, and still do of, you know, I'd love to have a CrossFit Games athlete in my gym. I'd love to be able to take someone to the Games or take someone to the American Open for Olympic weightlifting. And um, now I still have that. Like I, I still, still want that to be a possibility. But for me, it's so much more just seeing our athletes um, accomplish their goals. So again, we're talking about this idea, this higher purpose. What is this thing that gets you out of bed when things get tough? Uh, definitely, um, I think, just like uh, Maddie said, you know, that just, just the people that are waiting for you, the people that are, are showing up, that are enthusiastic, that want to be there, um, that, are, that are there just to, you know, to be there with their friends too. Like, it's such a cool thing to have a class full of people that, you know, are excited and, um, you know, are there to work on, you know, different movements or things that they're struggling with. And, and the fact that, you know, if you really sit back and think like, you know, they're, they're waiting for me to help them. Like I get to go and be a part of someone's life and, and help them do something that, yeah, maybe, maybe it is a pull up or, or, you know, I mean, even could be jump rope. I mean, simple stuff that maybe some of us find easy or take for granted, uh, you know, to, to the average person, or maybe that's never done that or never been athletic, um, to, to see the joy on their face when, you know, they get that is, is, I don't know, it's pretty priceless, really. I think that's cool. So we have Medi back on, uh, and I think that Corey actually echoed the same thing that Medi said. And I, I want to take a minute to, to just sit on that for a while. If, if you look at, so we're all in fitness and if you look at like health and fitness and wellness, the, and popular stories that come out are these crazy before and after trans transformations. So think like biggest loser. It's don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome. Like when somebody loses a hundred pounds, that's amazing. But a, a lot of our gyms are full of people that like need to lose 12 pounds or would like a pull up or would like. And so Mehdi, you talked about celebrating the, the little things. And, and I really love that. What, what sort of had you land on this idea of celebrating the little things? Because really not many people are doing it. You know, everybody has, you know, I go, you go to, you know, drive down the interstate here and you see a bunch of advertisements for what we call the Globo Gyms. And you see like super sexy 19-year-old fitness models that sold a stock image to this gym and that person actually doesn't even go to that gym kind of thing. And everybody sees like this big flashy kind of BS stuff. So talk to me a little bit. How do you celebrate the these tiny wins for people? Damn internet. Um, yeah, you know, we um, how we celebrate the little things is um, we we started off 
really simple, no brainer. We added a PR board, um, which we didn't have before. And a funny story about the PR board is um, it's just, you know, your basic whiteboard. Um, and we put it up and literally the month that we put it up, we had, we ran out of space within two weeks. And then from there we had to, we took a picture of it, wiped it down, and then it filled up again. So our PR board literally filled up twice in a month, which was incredible. But also, you know, recognizing our athletes for what they do. I think sometimes, um, sometimes our athletes don't think it's such a big deal um, when they accomplish something because, like you said, you know, everybody's into that big, sexy, you know, they want that big, beautiful movement. But it's really those little, tiny, boring movements, that unsexy movements that help you get to the big stuff. And, you know, a prime example that I have is recently I had an athlete who one day wants to get a pull-up, desperately wants to get a pull-up. And we've been working with her um, throughout, you know, doing her personal training and then also her doing CrossFit classes. Um, and she was warming up one morning and we were talking and she she's actually warming up for one of the open workouts. And she got up on the rig and basically just did a scat pull down and took her feet off of the ground and held herself up for a few seconds. And she didn't realize she did it. And I asked her to do it again. And, and then I told her what she had done and she kind of just looked at me and kind of smiled and goes, wow, I guess I did do that. And for her, that's a huge thing. You know, that that's a huge thing just to be able to hold yourself up, even if it's for a matter of seconds off the ground. And, you know, we posted that we, I took a video of it. I asked her if we could do it. And then she did her very first knees to chest and then, you know, and continued to do knees to chest, which for some people, they're like, oh, big deal, knees to chest. But for others, that's a huge, huge thing, you know. And so, yeah, we, we posted that on our Facebook um, page and it's gotten quite a bit of um, views. And it's her smile is just the best thing ever. <laughs> and that's the thing so that we try to celebrate that, you know, some people like public celebrations, others don't. And so those that don't, we try to celebrate with them privately. Um, we have cards um, that have our logo on them that we write little notes and say, you know, like, hey, congratulations, you hit da 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 da. So, I mean, that's kind of the thing is you, you kind of got to find out how your athletes like to be recognized. You know, because everybody likes a little bit of recognition, whether they claim they do, you know, or not. Everybody likes that. It makes you makes them feel good inside. And it and it makes us feel good, you know, to see them accomplish that. And that small level of recognition and celebration is something that really nobody's doing that. You know, it's it, <laughs> it you're hard pressed to find a fitness setting or studio or gym where that is done on a very regular basis. You know, there's plenty of like you know, techno music, come on, ladies, go. Like, there's plenty of this everywhere. But, you know, where where is anybody celebrating, like, hey, you, like, retracted your scaps. Like, amazing job. That's the first step to getting the thing that you need. Yeah. So Right. Absolutely. I want to continue this conversation of purpose with you, PJ. Uh, talk to me about finding this purpose that sort of motivates you beyond the grind of the day-to-day. Gosh, I I think I just love the challenge of entrepreneurship. Honestly, I, I love to see that the the business is a is a challenge and and it's something that you have to overcome. And in the same way that a person might be trying to get their first pull up and you know have to come up with a plan of strategy to do that, and when they finally get it, they get to celebrate. Um, for me, I. I, I like being a business owner. I, I like I like working on this stuff. I like the challenge of it. It's hard, you know. Sometimes you lose sleep on it, but you know when you do overcome that challenge, and in, in the same way that when a person gets their first pull up, when you when you finally solve it, or you you, you get through that one person and, and get them back in the gym, or you know you you get the coach to you know make the right decisions. Um, you know, I, I love those things. But um, I, I was thinking back at probably what my like happiest moments at, at the gym are and. 
I think it's kind of when the communities kind of hang out together and they're having a good time. It's kind of like you're, you're having a good party and, and you see smiling faces and, and people hanging out together. And probably one of my favorite memories in the last year was we did a, an in-house competition. And for the scaled ladies, we called out the third place, we called out the second place. And then um, I have this photo and I can, I can see it in my mind too, but we called out the first place uh, winner, Catherine. And the ladies on the podium for second and third place were more excited than anyone else in the room. And they both were just like, yeah. And they're like, were pointing their fingers like really aggressively, like you did it. And it was so cool that second and third place were, were more excited for the first place person than, than probably she was for herself. And they were the most enthusiastic people in the, in the room. Um, so things like that really make me happy. Any, anytime I, I see, you know, three or four people who, got to know each other through our environment who wouldn't even have crossed paths otherwise. And now they're kind of hanging out and smiling and, and talking and um, it's cool. It's like you're having a, a fun party that everybody wants to be at. Wow. I like that a lot. You, uh, so here's our next point of discussion. Uh, PJ, you kind of jog my memory here. I was talking with somebody the other day about entrepreneurship and the conversation went something like this. Most, most business owners uh, open a business because they love the thing that they are providing. They love the service or the product that they're providing. So, for example, somebody opens up a coffee shop because they love coffee. And then very quickly, the business owner must realize that they need to love running a business as much, if not more, than they love coffee. PJ, you said that your purpose is entrepreneurship, that you just genuinely love the pursuit of entrepreneurship. And when I asked you sort of about your history and what you did prior, you know, you started off with the with sort of the physical fitness, with uh, exercise training as being that initial passion. And now it just sounds like it's it's shifted to a point of I love entrepreneurship as much if not more than I love the actual training itself. When did that shift occur for you? Yeah, probably in the last last couple of years. Or, but I think it, what it is is that, you know, I've gotten a lot of people pull-ups. I've gotten a lot of people muscle-ups. I've gotten a lot of people double-unders. Um, I expect that. I expect if you're training and you work on it, you're going to get a double-under. You can, you can create a plan for it. With, with training, you can create a plan. And if the person follows a plan, they're going to get the result. It might, it might take a week. It might take five years, but eventually they'll get a double under, they'll get a pull up. They'll, um, they'll lose the weight if they work on their nutrition, that sort of thing. Um, with the business, it's not quite like that. There's, <laughs> you can have all the right things in place and it might not still work out. And so uh, it's just kind of an extra challenge. And, and so at some point in time, I had to step back and realize I can't be the head coach and coach all the classes and I have to get my my assistant coach and my other coaches to be able to you know coach classes to the same level and then you know start attacking some of the other unique challenges and um, yeah it kind of makes it fun the, the problem solving and the challenges is, is fun to me I like that so um, Mehdi I'm going to turn to you can you think of uh, a challenge or problems that you solve related to entrepreneurship like what are these things let's just say even in real time right now what are these things that are on your mind as far as a business or entrepreneur what are these problems that you look at and you're like okay i need to get these things solved um i think for me right now um currently the most challenging thing is to continue to develop to develop systems or to um put systems in place so that um, my ultimate goal for my business on the business end is that it runs like a well-oiled machine, um, that it runs even to allow me to step away for a period of time and not have it really worry me or be concerned or nervous about, about it. You know, kind of like what PJ had said, you know, having your coaches be able to coach to the level that you want them to coach, to run the classes, to run you know, the day to day. <clears throat> and so, and a lot of it is, you know, time too. I kind of, um, I can get very easily distracted if I don't plan myself out, um, if I don't plan my day out. Um, but I also have a 
really hard time with um, idle time. I get bored rather easily. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I kind of work things in segments or in like small bursts. So, um, which I don't know if that's still bad or good. I get things done, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I would say though that, yeah, right now it's the systems. Um, one, I can, t- I can say one, uh, one thing that I have, um, really, uh, noticed more of is when we have a new person that starts, um, it's always either myself or Tommy, my other coach that, you know, comes in and works with that new person. And, you know, so they'll come in and they'll try the class out. We introduce them to everybody. And we kind of came up with um, an idea of having a gym ambassador, which, you know, one of our members would, you know, take that person kind of under their wing and kind of be like their, their mentor and, you know, check in with them. And then we would check in with them and do follow-ups and, and things of that nature, which, you know, that's a new program that we're actually implementing here in the next couple of weeks. We've got, um, so, I, I mean, I've had uh, a good number of members of my gym that have volunteered to do that and step up to the plate, which is awesome because that takes the pressure off of me and off of my other coach that, you know, oh my gosh, there's a new person. I've got to balance the new person and coach the class or, you know, so I'm really excited for that program to, to take off. And, gym ambassador. Um, I love, I love the sound of that. Yeah. It sounds cool. Uh, yeah. So, May the listeners steal that idea? Uh, absolutely. It was actually coined by one of my members. They, they, they came up with the name Jim Bassiter. So, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Uh, once I get it all figured out, I'll, I'll definitely share it with everybody. But, yeah. Awesome. Super cool, Nettie. Um, all right. And, Corey, to you, my man. Sorry, we had to redo another recording. So, Corey, to you, we are talking about um, entrepreneurship, this idea of learning to love the growing and running of a business and creating the systems and figuring out ways to market and, you know, manage staff and things like that. Uh, what about for you? What are some things that now you're working on as it relates to the business itself? Uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of in uh, this, this period where like, I'm, I'm really trying to uh, I think similar to kind of what PJ was saying about like, I think I'm, I, I love coaching and loving around people, but I'm, I'm definitely uh, someone that kind of is in love with just like being an entrepreneur and pursuing things and, and seeing things succeed and grow. Um, but w- w- what the hiccup is for me is that like, I need to, um, and this is something that I talked with you and Matt, Matt about was, was uh, relieving some of the hats that I'm wearing um, and, and bringing in another coach and, and then also, um, you know, giving up that, like that freedom, um, to, to give them the, the, the reins in some ways, uh, you know, and, and being okay with it. And so, uh, part of it is, is really just bringing in somebody that, uh, that can come in and can, can duplicate what I want. Um, and which, which involves, you know, obviously having some systems in place, which is something that I've used through the three, two, one go project to get myself ready for that. Um, and, you know, I'm also kind of in the point where I really need to start maybe looking at raising some rates, which is always kind of a tricky, uh, tricky thing to do. And so I'm in that process now of kind of thinking through uh, the correct way to do that and, and you know, keep the current members happy and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, those are some tough ones that I got to do that I feel like have kind of been the hiccup that I've, I've kind of needed the kick in the pants to kind of try to figure out. And so, uh, I mean, I, I would say that's those are the two things that I'm really focusing on right now. I think we could do an entire episode on raising rates in and of itself. It's not, it's not something I'm looking forward yeah. to, that's for sure. Everybody's nodding their heads like, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, show of hands, has anybody raised rates in the room? <laughs> yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, let's just do a little problem solving right here. Uh, Mehdi, first question as it relates to raising rates, did yeah. – uh, did you lose all of your membership? Was it just doom and gloom? Was it a terrible situation? I did. I did not lose all of my membership. Um, <clears throat> we kind of we timed it out for the beginning of the new year, and um, so that's when we released our rate increase. Um, some folks, of course, were not really thrilled about it. However, um, you know, we had said, you know, we're growing. We've added programs, you know, XYZ from like 
<clears throat> helping getting equipment to we've changed up our programs. We added a couple of different things like that. Um, open gym. And for the most part, we had a really good um, reaction to it. You know, most people are like, okay, I get it, you know. And for a while there, I, I mean, I will fully admit, we were the cheapest CrossFit gym in the Des Moines metro area. And I will tell you that that was one of those lessons to learn because that definitely brought in particular clientele that, you know, maybe didn't feel, um, I, get, I don't want to say as serious, but weren't as dedicated um, because they're looking for the next best thing. They're looking for the cheapest. And, and I had a piece of advice that was given to me by a business mentor where they had said, you know, if you're, people don't go to the cheapest gym in town, they go to the best gym in town. And sometimes your rates reflect whether or not you're the best. I mean, we have Olympic weightlifting. We're both level two CrossFit uh, coaches, um, CPR certified, kettlebell certified. I mean, between the two of us and then including my husband who coaches part-time, there's quite a bit of knowledge here and offering nutrition. So, yeah, we did have to add value. And that made a world of difference for us is finally putting a good value on our education and what we were sharing with our athletes. I heard, you know, you talked about how a rate increase sort of changes your clientele. I'm going to just completely butcher all of these statistics, but just try and convey the idea of when you compete on <coughs> price, you attract a client where the cost of your service is a larger proportion of their discretionary income. So I'm going to hypothetically, let's just say that something is $50 a month. Chances are you're going to have people that are looking for the cheapest option and therefore have a smaller monthly discretionary income. That's their only basis for choosing something. So even though you're charging less, it actually is a greater sacrifice to your client's bottom line. And therefore, they tend to be a lot more difficult clients. You know, they pay what is the cheapest rate in town, yet they expect you give them the moon. Whereas, mm -hmm. let's say you go from $50 to $250 a month, you actually mm -hmm. are attracting a clientele who has a much higher monthly um, earning potential and discretionary <laughs> income. And so now actually that $250 a month, even though it's five times what you're previously charging, to those clients, it's like, 1% of their monthly gross income. It's, it's nothing. And so they don't expect the world out of you, and they tend to be a lot higher quality clients. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, that, if I got that idea across well or not. It, I completely butchered the article that I read. But So anyway, PJ, you've done a rate increase. I, I want to hear how to go for you. Oh, yeah, and ours was just a, a, a small one. I think we raised by uh, like $5 per month, um, so it wasn't too big. One thing that made it really easy for us, though, is that um, all of our memberships are in three, six, or 12-month contracts, which I know that's a debate of whether you should do contracts or not contracts. But when we did the weight rate increase, we did it pretty quietly. And we just, for all newcoming memberships, it was, you know, every tier went up by $5. And then when people who are on a current contract, they got to the end of their six months, end of their 12 months, now it's time to renegotiate your next contract. Here's our current rate, Steve. Take a look. Which one do you want? And he gets to take a pick then. Um, so it's just like with you know, a cell phone service or a, my, my cable bill with Comcast, they secretly increased my cable bill by like 20 bucks last month. I'm kind of pissed about that. But um, you know, a $5 increase that you get to take a look at and make the decision, no big deal. Um, we, we were already priced in like the 140 150 160 price range, which is um, it's competitive for this market, but we're definitely already, you know, $10 more than the gym down the street, but we have a, a bigger space, um, more class times, you know, a nicer facility, that sort of thing, I think is well justified. And did you notice PJ, did people opt for a longer contract term at the point that that, uh, occurred or did they stick with the same contract term and pay $5 more? Uh, I'd say new people coming in, I don't see a huge difference as far as uh, they'll sign up for three months just as likely as 12 months. I think most people coming in sign up for three months, which is the highest tier. And so they're paying $30 more than the people who sign up for 12 months. 
Um, our existing members, they all, when they come time to renew, they all just go for another year because they've already been here for that long. They know they're going to be here for that long again. So I, I've got some, I've got a, a wall on our gym that's got plaques of people who've been here for three years or longer. And we've got a bunch of five-year, four-year, and three-year-plus people. And uh, most of them, when they renew, they just go for another year. And they opt for that, that lower rate. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so we've talked about, uh, kind of started off the show talking about tipping points and shifts in your business over the last 12 months. I would like to end our show looking forward to the next 12 and see what is next for you. What is that next big thing that you're trying to do in the next 12 months? So Corey, I'm going to start with you, sir. What is what is next on the horizon for your business? Well, I'm hoping that uh, that uh, you know by adding my uh, my rate increase and uh, you know getting another coach, um, I've started uh, bringing in some other programs. Um, like we just started a Pio class uh, that that I hired out, which has been going really well. Uh, bringing in some people, you know, that are that are not necessarily interested in in my typical uh, everyday classes. Um, but really, the the big horizon for me is to take on some more space, which is adjoining my current space. But, um, I'm kind of in that, like, I need some other stuff. I need to be popping at the seams, um, which, you know, in some classes I am, but, uh, I think that going forward, what I'd really like to do is, is to double my space, which would be about, uh, 6,000 square feet, uh, if I can, if I can pull it off. And, um, and I really think I can with some of the stuff that, um, that I'm doing, but, you know, like I said, some of that stuff is that, that hard, that hard stuff to kind of do. And, and so I think that, uh, you know, like a year from now, um, I'm hopefully going to be, uh, at least in the process of, of renovating, uh, another space and, and adding, uh, some more classes and programs that, uh, that can bring in, um, you know, more income in, in different ways. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm hoping for at least. Sweet man. Congrats. That sounds like a big expansion plans in the works. So, Mehdi, what do the next 12 months look like for you? Oh, man. Um, For me, it is um, definitely acquiring um, more members, but also looking at um, getting a bigger space. Um, I'm kind of like Corey. I'd like to double our space. Um, Right now, I'm in about 1,200 square feet, and I'd really like to get to about 2,400. I think that's plenty big for us. I would like to really shoot for um, a goal of, of reaching 100 members. I, I don't need to be a huge gym. I don't necessarily want to be um, a, a, t- a large gym because um, I really like what we have going on with our community, and I, I want to try and keep it that way. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely growth and just and getting noticed. Um, we Our hashtag is, uh, is small box big gains. And I, I really want to live up to that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I love that hashtag. <laughs> All right. So, so PJ, uh, the next 12 months for you, my man. Yeah, I think we have kind of our, our membership at a good spot. We've added a lot of retention activities in that I think are great. and We're going to keep working on those. But I think what I want to work on now is uh, to continue to develop my coaches um, provide opportunities for them to, to learn, but also opportunities for them to make more income. So um, adding more hours for them, more uh, personal training opportunities, um, on-ramps, uh, clinics, you know, anything I can do to kind of help them to make a living. Excellent. I uh, can certainly appreciate that. So PJ, Medi, Corey, thank you guys so much for your time. This uh, These episodes have really turned into something where, you know, PJ talked about a, a retention strategy. You know, Medi, you, you talked about your gym ambassadors. Corey, you know, you've talked about going on to raise your rates and things like this. These are very actionable things that I think our listeners will be able to take away and just do something with this week. That's what we're all about is, you know, ideas are great. Books are great. I love talking about, you know, business concepts. But at the end of the day, it's really all worthless, unless somebody turns around and takes these small actions 
towards finding their own tipping points and the points at which their business can can make a shift. So I really appreciate your guys' honesty and your willingness to share things about yourselves and your your community. So uh, let's wrap up like this. I just want you guys to let the listeners know uh, one more time the name of your gym and where they can find you. So PJ, we'll start with you. Yeah, our gym is CrossFit Tigard out in Tigard, Oregon. Uh, website is CrossFitTigardPAW.com. There's a story behind that. We used to have a different affiliate name, but uh, yeah, CrossFitTigardPaw.com on Facebook, on Instagram, the oh. internet. All right, all over the internet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> find PJ. So, uh, so Medi, where can we find you? Um, yeah, we are again CrossFit Akiso. And you can find us at www.crossfitakiso.com. We are also on Facebook, CrossFit Akiso, on Facebook as well as Instagram. And, um, yeah, people can find me under Mad Artist, M-A-D-D, and then Artist. All right. (laughs) Uh, Medi, what is Akiso? Is that Greek? Uh, Akiso is Greek. She is the uh, Greek goddess of the process of healing. Ooh, that's deep. I love it. <laughs> All right, Greek goddess of uh, process of healing. I dig it. So CrossFit Akiso, uh, look them up. Corey, how do we find you, my man? Uh, the website is uh, LegacyFT.com. Um, just like everyone else, Facebook, uh, that's probably my most active uh, you know, social media is, is, uh, pretty much where I, I spend most of my time. Obviously we have a good website, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty much how you could find me. All right. Right on. Okay. So PJ, Medi, Corey, thank you guys so much for your time. This was great. And mm-hmm. listeners, three, two, one, go project.com. Uh, check out these guys, uh, their websites, their gyms, uh, hub.321goproject.com if you're interested in finding any of these templates for standard operating procedures, if you want to take any courses on professionalizing your business, marketing, whatever it is, it's all there. Uh, PJ, Manny, Corey, thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and for your continued support of 321Go Podcast. If something in this episode really resonated with you, I would highly encourage you to go to 321goproject.com. Check out the business checkup course. The stuff that we talked about in this episode is all covered in that scoring rubric. So when you go on there, you'll have the course for free. You can stream it online uh, from your your laptop or your phone. You can print off a scoring rubric or fill it out in a PDF. And you'll just simply rate your business in different areas based off of these things that we talk about in the podcast. So you have a a very clear grade of your business in your operations, your marketing, and your finances. And most importantly, you'll have a path going forward. So 321goproject.com to get that free business checkup course.